Hi friends! On this episode, we're recapping Window Shopping by Tessa Bailey with special guest Andy J. Christopher. We talked to her about the inspiration behind her life-changing priest rom-com, the USA Today bestseller Hot Under His Collar, and her upcoming project Thank You Next. Then we get into the heartwarming and undie incinerating window shopping. This grumpy sunshine romance is an ex-con heroine who gets a second chance at her dream career and falls for a bow tie wearing optimist who is a sex god in Ted Lasso clothing. Spoilers ahead. Hi Meg. Hi Liz. Happy December. <laughs> and unto you. <laughs> we are so fucking excited because Andy J. Christopher is here. Hi everyone. Archie's here too. Trying Hi to Archie. <laughs> Archie is looking especially glamorous. Does Archie have bones today? Archie has bones every day. <laughs> Always a bones day for Archie. He is so cute. We are here to, well, first we're going to gush a little bit about you and about your most recent book that all of our friends are obsessed with. Um, but we're here to recap window shopping by Tessa Bailey, which you picked out and neither of us had read Amazing. Tessa Bailey before. And like, she lives up to all the hype. Okay. So you guys, I, ch- I just changed your life. You did. Yes, you did. <laughs> because you have so much to read now. <laughs> I mean, I, every time that I hear Tessa Bailey's name mentioned, it's no one writes sex scenes the way that Tessa Bailey does. Don't be fooled by a cartoon cover on her book. They're spicy. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I've I've read some spice. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yes, yes. No one writes dirty talk the way that Tessa Bailey writes dirty talk. Um, no one writes a hero who is as gone for the heroine from the jump in a way that's not creepy, but it could be creepy if it wasn't, mm-hmm. if it yes. wasn't Tessa Bailey, uh-huh. like Tessa Bailey. She's, yeah. she's a master of contemporary romance in the way that like very few people I think can, can claim like she's, she's just so good at what she does. I loved everything about this one. I mean, we're going to get into it. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, even before you introduced us to this book and Tessa Bailey, you already had changed our lives because we fucking loved Hot Under His Collar. And now we spread the good news to everyone who will listen to us. Thank you so much. Like um, Liz live tweeting, listening to the audio that the day of release, as as you can imagine, it's a little bit nerve wracking to release a priest romance like especially you know with a publisher because you know it's it's they don't do a priest romance every year yeah. <laughs> it's like um so it was nerve-wracking but hearing people finding out people like love the book and enjoyed it and like actually like felt like you know it was like a worthwhile thing for me to have all this agita about it really it it was really wonderful so and like the people who like it, it's really, really for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's that's all I wanted to do is write a book for people who have priest kinks, who didn't know they have priest kinks and now do. 
Um, and also right, like a, it's, it's like, it's like almost sweet, but it is spicy. They're spicy. <laughs> no, but- it's definitely the most wholesome taboo book that I've ever read. Mm-hmm. It's very much like the sweetest cinnamon roll of a rom-com, but also she is hot for a priest. Yes. yes yeah. I didn't expect to be like weeping during parts of it. Openly <laughs> sobbing. Yeah. Just I'm like oh I'm feeling so much right now uh, do you understand how much writers love to hear that like, <laughs> someone's like openly sobbing um while reading like that's just like that's like mother's milk so I know you've described hot under his collar as what if Fleabag had a happy ending which I I still haven't seen sort of, Fleabag yeah full disclosure, but was there anything else that inspired it? Or did you always think that you were going to give Father Patrick a book? I had no idea I was going to give Father Patrick a book. So Hot Under His Collar is the third and like the Nolan sort of universe series. And it is, he, Father Patrick came up because I was writing Not the Girl You Marry, which is sort of a gender flipped, diversified version of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, um, so Jack, he's a journalist. He has to write this article if he wants to be a, taken seriously as a journalist. So he's writing how to lose a girl in 10 days. He's doing all the stuff that guys do that like turns, turns straight women off, like um, sending dick pics, like showing up late, not being communicative and all that stuff. Um, and the heroine is Hannah and she is an event planner who wants to plan weddings and her boss is like, but you hate weddings, you hate love. And she's like, no, but I, I met a guy. So she's got to date him for a while to, to like trot him out to the boss. Uh-huh. And so Jack is a good boy. And he's, he's like, he's definitely a cinnamon roll for sure. And he feels terrible. And I needed to, for him to have like a Jiminy Cricket. And so I, all of a sudden I'm writing one day and, I, and I'm not a complete pantser in terms of like plotting versus panting, but Patrick was not in the long form synopsis that I created for this book, Mm. but I knew he needed a conscience and I knew he needed someone to talk to who wasn't one of his idiot friends that I had introduced in the first scene. And so I was like, what if he's like best friends with a priest? And if you've ever seen um, Keeping the Faith, it's the Ed Norton, Ben Stiller, Jenna Elfman movie. Mm -hmm. Archie has the zoomies now. (laughs) so cute. (laughs) He's like, just zoomie in and out. (laughs) Um, and now I think he's just like, he's, he's like, I always have bones, mama. You knew this. You knew this. <laughs> anyway, so I, there's a scene where they're like, where the, the priest and the rabbi in this movie are like playing basketball together and having like a heart to heart conversation. And I was like, I love that scene. I love that trope. What if his best friend from childhood is a priest? And that's going to be the one person who he can, he can lean on. Mm-hmm. But and I never, and I was like, well, I could maybe make him a hero because I'd read Priest by Sierra Simone. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if my editor will go, because that was like at the very beginning of our, our relationship. And so- Is it too soon to like pitch the priest? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Um, but as soon as people started reading Not the Girl You Marry, they said, so is Father Patrick going to get a book? Yeah. And I said, okay. Well, I already like, I already like exposed myself by writing about like my feelings about being biracial and not the girl you marry. Mm-hmm. Um, like it kind of made me a little brave, a little braver and more fearless in terms of 
you know, approaching taboo. And so I was like, well, I could do this taboo romance. And I didn't know who the heroine was for a long time. I was like, I think book three is a priest book. And then sometime when I was writing book two, which is not that kind of guy, um, and Patrick's not really in that book very much. He does like, he does make an appearance. Like he's, I kind of knew, I knew he was going to be a hero, but he's, um, the heroine in that book had previously had an abortion. And so she's talking to her childhood friend, Patrick, about that. And he was like, in the book, I knew he was going to be cool with it. And, and mm-hmm. not like, not like other priests. Like, I think <laughs> <laughs> you can't do not like other girls, but I think you can, I, you have to do not like other priests if you're writing a priest book. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I said, I, I was like, oh, Sasha has a crush on him. Like she's, she's read Priest by Sierra Simone and she has a crush on him. She is, this, this is very clear to me. And so I decided to write Sasha and Patrick's story. And, um, and I always felt like Sasha's family was terrible. And so that's kind of where the Fleabag mm-hmm. element comes in, where she is trying to deal with her horrible family and she's having, she's in therapy and she's like really struggling with what she wants out of life. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so that's kind of how the story was born. Um, and you know, the movie keeping the faith sort of had, had a little bit of influence, any like sort of cinema or any sort of like book or movie where there was a priest as like a romantic prospect that I'd seen was, was a part of that. Like Eva Lee, who's a historical writer has this, um, temptations of a wallflower and the heroes, heroes of Vicar. Mm-hmm. um and like he was like a super sexy hero and so I was like oh that that kind of works for me yeah <laughs> um and so that kind of was like all of these things were sort of like pushing me towards like okay this is kind of what I think I could like but it was scary it was like well they you know how do I make it sexy how, without you know breaking too many rules sure you know mm-hmm. how like and how do I make pining interesting for that long? Because it's a lot of pining. <laughs> it, it's beautiful pining though. And yes. I, I think I get what you're saying about how to approach it because it felt like Father Patrick didn't just say like screw it to his faith or anything. And he had like really thoughtful reasons for why he went into the priesthood aside from wanting to make his mom happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it it felt like a very pro-faith or pro-like defining what your faith is on your terms. Yes, it's it's very much informed by how I feel about growing up Catholic. Like I still consider myself Catholic, even though I don't go to church and I don't, um, and I don't like follow the the rules in the catechism. Mm -hmm. I feel like the basis of like the Catholic faith and what it should be and how I was raised was to like, be kind and generous to people, like take care of poor people, like be pro-justice, like real justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, shouldn't be radical. Yeah, should yeah. not be radical, but it is sort of radical yeah. in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to write a pre- like a priest who was like in a, in a community, I think like the St. Bart's community um, really reflects, you know, the people who, you know, we're in the community, the faith community I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mom's, my mom was really involved in like the music program at our church when I was growing up. She was like a classically trained singer and like wow. you know, the music director, the organist, 
all LGBTQ, like, mm-hmm. not like, like so many people involved in like, you know, making like the liturgy for the community are marginalized by that community. Mm-hmm. And so I sort mm-hmm. of wanted to write a story that, you know, pushed against that. So yeah. um, that was kind of where it came from. But I also just wanted to write like a really fun, sexy rom-com. So th- <laughs> there, was, there was a lot I was trying to do and I- You it was did it. De- Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a high degree of difficulty. <laughs> But I, I'm I'm happy with the book, and I'm really I'm really happy to see it like finding people who are like, oh, this seems like fun and taboo, and like you know getting something from it. So mm-hmm. right, it has such depth. When I thought it was going to be you know kink and fun, and I'm like, yeah, like I said, crying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, What's happening? So not only did this book change our lives, but you coined the phrase stern brunch daddy. And I did not know that that was my type or one of my types until (laughs) I heard those words. And I was like, yes, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, Here's what happened. (laughs) um, It was like back when Twitter was still fun. Um. (laughs) So like 2014? No, a little later than that. So when it was still fun, like, you know, 40% of the time. Okay. (laughs) Um, Sarah McLean posted this um, picture of Oscar Isaac sitting at a table holding a fork with like a beard. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah. And she added me and she was like, "Um, okay, Andy, I see him now. And I'm like... Oh, 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 I get it. I get it. Cause her other love is like, is, is Tom Hardy. Okay. Type is a stern brunch daddy. Mm -hmm. Like someone who is like very gruff and like a little bit, like a little bit stern, um, but is definitely petting all the dogs in line, uh, you know, trying to make your way into brunch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He's like very assertive about making sure that your mimosa is always full but he tips like 25 percent (laughs) keep talking (laughs) and he will like destroy you in bed in like the best way thank you Uh, until you cry thank you until you cry if you if that's what you're into if that's what you're into if not he is totally open to doing whatever pleases you yes correct and so yeah, so that term I caught on because people got excited about it because it was like, oh, it's a new like taxonomy of, of, mm-hmm. of daddy. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And so every so often people ask me to make a judgment on what a stern drunk brunch daddy is. And I am happy to oblige at all times. <laughs> like, you know, stern brunch daddy court is always in session. I should get like a robe and like a gavel. Oh, <laughs> please do that as a series. Oh my gosh. Andy's verdict on Sebastian Stan was that he's like a reformed rake kind of yes. stern brunch daddy. Mm. He's, a, mm. he's a reformed rake. I don't think he's, I think someday he's going to hit daddy level, mm-hmm. but he seems like very sort of sweet and mischievous. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw his like Instagram stories when he was all alone in his apartment, like during quarantine. And he was like, you know, dancing it was in his underwear. so charming. It's very charming. And then I spied the bottle of wine he had. And it's like my favorite bottle of wine. And I was like, he's like that. He's like the guy who's like, he, um, if you like are into tarot at all, he's the prince of wands. He's like not quite cured yet into daddy level. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you had to pull it. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Yeah, he's the Prince of Wands. He's uh he's not quite cured to daddy level. I and I honestly think, you know, like my one true love, Chris Evans, has not been cured into daddy level mm, as, no. as of yet. Um but the know, sweater helps, I think. The sweater helps. Like the, when he was in, like there's a terrible movie called The Red Sea Diving Resort. But he's lit. It's a terrible movie. Like, <laughs> I've like, never heard of it. There's like white saviorism. It's not. It's no. not yeah, it's like it's real. It's problematic. <laughs> minutes in the middle of that movie where he has literally never been hotter. Like he's like doing push-ups, smoking cigarettes, and like on the beach with like long hair and a beard. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to be looking that up. Just later. just montages. Just just look at yeah. the montage of Chris Evans from Red Sea Diving Resort. I'm sure there's something on YouTube. I'm sure like that. Just the um, Chris Evans scene. Just just that. Just those scenes. And um, yeah, like he, I, I, I could see into his future, and he truly is a stern brunch daddy. Um, <laughs> of late, I have been um enjoying the 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 renaissance of chris maloney as a stern brunch daddy (sighs) and so my next hero for like this is my 2023 book that i'm working on i have described to my editor as a cross between chris maloney and anthony bourdain Um, (laughs) r.i.p i'm I'm, so i i I want to read it very much (laughs) i i i I need no other details but i (laughs) will be happy when those details are available oh good um my 2022 book it's we're creeping more towards towards the spd as like the standard hero um he's a he's a, a little bit of a grumpy chef you know that guy on tiktok um who like just wanders around his, he has a beard and he like wanders around with the house with his shirt off and like women post thirsty things about him and he in the replies and he just like sits there and stares at the camera <laughs> i was thinking of the shirtless ceramicist when you first started talking there's a few of them oh really yeah <laughs> okay the market is there okay we okay. must talk about this book because yeah. If we go down thirst trap TikTok, I have like a, a folder. <laughs> we can't, we can't, we can't. So yeah, so that's um, but yeah, that's the inspiration for the hero in the book that's going to be out in in June. Um, thinking next. Um, he's oh, yes. love the title. Yeah, yes. it's it's a fun book. It's based on a true story. Um, uh, it is. So I came home from my job in DC in like the fall of 2010 and I turned on my television and I turned on say yes to the dress because it was a Friday and that's what I watched watched on Fridays Mm -hmm. I had poured myself a big glass of wine thank god because I turned it on and the fiance was a guy I had dated in law school who had said he was never ever ever getting married oh shit every part of me just clenched Every orifice. I oh, I'm so happy you're still here, <laughs> and that you survived that. <sighs> this ex-boyfriend, I have to say, and I and I don't even know if I would call him a boyfriend in 2021 for months. I would say it was more of a situationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. those kind of fuck you up the most. I think, right? Yeah. Definitely true. 
they really fuck you up when he looks like Michael B. Jordan. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's rough. And he was 6'4". I'm just gonna. So was writing or is writing it cathartic? I mean, I rewatched the episode recently while I was doing revisions because I mm-hmm. wanted to see if I could tolerate it. And I <laughs> didn't feel anything. I was like, okay. That's the ideal yeah. response. Yeah. I'm like, this is a silly man. And, and writing the book. <laughs> and he's not silly. He's a, he's a serious person. He's, you know, a parent. Like, he's he's a good person. Sure, sure. You don't have to be nice, Andy. <laughs> we, we hate him. Okay? Me and Meg, we'll hate him for you. Sure. I mean, 25-year-old Andy was a bit of a handful. So, like... <laughs> So like he probably made some wise choices along the way. Um, he seems happy anyway. Um, yeah. So that I hadn't been able to like I was like I would tell that story periodically to like writer friends and they like you have to put that in a book. Mm-hmm. And I was like I don't know if I'm ready. And like just you know I think the last two years have made me ready to just be like oh whatever what the hell. <laughs> yeah. Some things so, definitely need time to cook. Sure. Yeah. It needed time to cook and I needed to figure out like how I was going to integrate it into like a, a romance story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about, and you know, Angelina Lopez was reading, is reading it and she posted, she begged, tweeted something this morning about how she didn't want to put it down. So I was like, oh, maybe I didn't completely fuck it up. Cause like, I'm one of those writers who's, I'm pretty sure my books are trashed until people tell me they're not. Like, I'm like, I don't know why people read what I want when I'm writing. Like, I, it's, it's, it's a mystery. So. <laughs> It's just like thoughts from inside my head and somehow they're a book. (laughs) It's, you're such an amazing writer. I, okay. I got to stop with the, cause I'll start gushing again. Okay. Because we got to, we we have to talk about the amazing writer we're here to talk about who is Tessa Bailey. And I'm so excited. We're here to talk about you too. (laughs) We we want, we want all of it. We, we've got the time. Okay. So window shopping. Uh, we're kicking off the holiday season, starting strong. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. it's by Tessa Bailey. Happy December. Happy <laughs> December. <laughs> so it's by Tessa Bailey, and it's a grumpy sunshine holiday rom com kind of thing. But it flips the usual grumpy sunshine dynamic. So the heroine is an ex con, and the hero is a bow tie wearing department store manager. And he is Mr. Rogers in the streets and our wildest fantasies about Chris Evans in the sheets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he, I know for a fact that he's based on Ted Lasso. Like that was the yes. inspiration. And you can tell like when you're reading in the cadence of how he talks mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, the, I see the Ted Lasso is strong. And then, <laughs> now I'm going to have to rewatch Ted Lasso with a whole different <laughs> thing. So I haven't watched it yet. So it is from the beginning going to be colored by this. <laughs> and I, I was, I was like, I've seen most of, t- I haven't finished the second season. I was like, I don't know how Tessa's going to pull this off. Ted Lasso is, is t- Jason Sudeikis, sexy AF. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ted Lasso? Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like you, you get. I'm trying to imagine Dirty Talk from Ted Lasso as he is written for television. Yeah, (laughs) that he would. It would be too cornball, or he'd like get tongue tied. This guy does not. Yeah, he'd be making weird euphemisms, and you'd be Mm -hmm. like, "That's not sexy stuff." He's like, "No, no, 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 no more talking." Right, right. So yes, so go on. Yes, so he's bow tie wearing. Yes, Mm -hmm. and. So Stella was incarcerated for four years for an armed robbery that she committed with her best friend. She's gotten out recently. She's adrift. She's estranged from her parents. She's living in her uncle's vacant apartment in New York while she tries to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. And before prison, she wanted to be a window dresser. That was her dream. So she's walking by this fancy department store, Vivant. Um And she looks at the window display and it's terrible. And she's like, these are penguins on an assembly line and penguin Chernobyl. Penguin Penguin Chernobyl. Chernobyl. (laughs) So she hates it. And this man with a candy cane bow tie stops and he starts talking to her. And she does not want to speak to him, which is fair because I don't talk to strange men in the street who ask me what I'm smiling about Ugh. or comment about the smile at all. Like, yeah, that's just yeah, a- no. Like what's happening to my face is none of anybody else's business. <laughs> I, I, my face did not ask for your commentary. Mm-hmm. So, so she's trying to radiate like fuck off energy. Yes. <laughs> But he is so earnest and he like can't, like she puts in her earbuds without playing any music and he's still standing there and she takes one out and she's like, can I help you? And he says, oh, I'm just waiting for your song to finish. Because <laughs> he's just... <laughs> oh, precious angel. <laughs> so he launches into this weird story about his aunt Edna and the rodeo clown that she married before she patched things up with his uncle Hank. Amazing and, story, by the way. I want yes. that book also. All the <laughs> I mean, Aunt Edna stories. Aunt Edna is a star. She's mm-hmm. a superstar. I adore her. <laughs> and then he asks Stella what she thinks of the window and how she'd do it differently. And he tells her, they're hiring. You should apply for the window dressing position. And then she does against her better judgment. And it turns out that Mr. Bowtie is Aiden Cook and he's the general manager And he has the most adorable ethical dilemma about like, well, I'm going to have to interview everyone Mm -hmm. so that it is Mm -hmm. fair, Mm -hmm. uh, but I want this girl. And not just because (laughs) she's pretty and I want to get to know her, but also because she's pretty and I want to get to know her. And (laughs) he finds out about the prison record from her application. He's like, you know, doesn't matter. I'm the board is going to have a problem with it, but I'm going to give her a shot. I have the perfect fan cast for his assistant and I'm so excited to share. I'm going to keep it. Okay. I'm very excited for that one because I loved Leland. I have someone who he reminded me of, but I don't know that he'd work as a fan cast. So she, so they have this, she has this ethical dilemma about whether she even deserves a fancy job like this and whether she's Mm -hmm. even qualified for it because she had some, college some online courses that she took before prison but yeah. mostly she it's just something that she's interested in and uh he hires her even though she tries to flee her job interview before it even <laughs> starts i know he has to interview her in the stairwell and he's like staying away from her because she he's like 
It's like, it's like a feral cat. She's like a feral cat. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, and for some reason that like really got, it really does something for me. <laughs> like if a man treats, approaches me like a feral cat. That's how I want to be treated. Exactly. Like I don't want to, I don't want to make you nervous, but I want you, I want you to like respect that I could kill you. <laughs> okay. So quick tangent because I don't think I've talked about the story on the podcast and I keep wanting an excuse for sharing it because it was the best moment of my life but recently I was at a football game a college football game with my friends who were visiting and I do not care about sports but it was our college team versus the hometown team and we were sitting with the out-of-towners and this drunk guy just kept coming down the bleachers and just heckling us and being super weird Mm -hmm. and insulting and just gross and would not stay at his seat like we we did not know this man it was absurd and then finally it got to a point where I was so annoyed that I got up and my friend grabbed the back of my jeans because she thought that I was going to jump over lunch. She, she probably showed like all the rows behind us, my whole ass, because she's like, <laughs> I need to trap her so that she doesn't go and beat this man up. And I just let him have it across like five sets of bleachers and the fear in his eyes <laughs> sustained me for the next month. I just lived off of that like after he left I I was like that was the best thing that's ever happened to me so now I feel like we truly are sisters from another mister because that would truly have happened to me anywhere up until you know today like I was always that friend who was like no he's not gonna harass you I'm gonna Mm -hmm. give him a piece of my mind my friends are like yeah I said something to him like if you keep bothering my friends you're going to get fucking wrecked and then when I sat down I was like I cannot believe that that came out of my mouth <laughs> like I threatened him with bodily harm I mean, drunk guys at football games are terrible oh gosh um, but yeah I love it when they I love it when men approach us with the appropriate like tremor in their souls mm-hmm. but are showing courage nonetheless <laughs> That's so, why I th- yeah, that's why I think Pete Davidson is attractive is because he knows I could get my shit wrecked. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot my shot regardless. That's my theory too, is that he has this like deference and this earnestness where he's just so like excited to be with these women who are clearly like he's punching above his weight. Mm-hmm. Cause there's gotta be, I mean, there's something clearly there's something Yeah, like, consistently, even though it baffles me. It's, it's the big dick energy. It's like a certain brand of content, confidence mm-hmm. that still is, that, that knows what it is. It's like, it's a per, it, like, he seems like he knows who he is because he's had to have a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. So he like, he, he knows who he is and he's like, you know what, this one, this one wild and short existence, we're gonna, we're gonna shoot our shot. And I, <laughs> and I really, I really can't, I can't give it anything but respect. And part of me I still want to date Chris Evans, but I do like, if we ever broke up, I would be like, <laughs> like that, like that, that would be the perfect rebound. Yeah. He's the perfect rebound. Yes. <laughs> I do. I am 
concern for him because Kim is a different like stratosphere of media mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hope that like he comes out unscathed from that. Like, I love that for her that she can have her fun and move on from Kanye. Cause that relationship was clearly fraught, mm-hmm. but, but like, I hope that like, it doesn't reach the levels of when he was with Ariana and just Correct. roasted yeah. in the press all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think his, his, his situation with Ariana really prepared him for this. Like he's been training True. for this. True. Like, he's like an athlete. <laughs> this is the big test of Kardashian. It's the big game. <laughs> so do we think that Aiden has big dick energy or? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Okay. And I think I think it's not as apparent at the beginning. I think it's like he comes into his big dick energy more and more throughout the book because mm-hmm. he starts to like own who he is a little bit more. I think at mm-hmm. the beginning of the book, he uses his like folksy stories and his um his like charm mm-hmm. and positivity to like keep people at arm's length. Yeah, it's a He's shield. Not, yeah, which is not to me big dick energy. Mm-hmm. You know, but then he starts using it to invite people in which is, I really think it's like a, it's a beautiful thing. Like mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, this is such a beautiful, and it got, I got me a little teary. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm a little teary. <laughs> yeah, he is, he's, his folksiness and his earnestness, it's all genuine. His optimism is genuine, but it's not the whole story. Right. And he yeah. doesn't let everyone see that until Stella. So she gets hired on a trial basis to decorate one window out of four. And I love that Stella was aware of her privilege. Like, yeah, she was a white girl who got out after four years and she knew women of color in that prison who were there for For way less than Mm -hmm. armed robbery Mm -hmm. and got harsher sentences. And she was able to get this job just falling into her lap. Right. And she is so nervous when she starts because she knows that people are going to know about her prison record. So mm-hmm. like she introduces herself by saying, hi, sorry, I'm Stella. But in her head, she's telling herself beforehand, don't say hi, sorry. I'm Stella. I mean, and- she, like just my whole heart. I just loved that with my, like she was, I was just like, oh, she's so like lovely and relatable and like, you know, just, just like a cactus. But like mm-hmm. so tender. I loved her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she knows that she doesn't look the part or act the part. So she is just, despite her imposter syndrome, just putting everything into this window. All her creativity, mm-hmm. all her passion. She's staying late. And then one day she gets locked inside the window and she freaks out and has an anxiety attack, which I would too. Mm-hmm. Yes. But for her, it's related to, yeah. to that feeling of being locked up mm-hmm. and she doesn't have anyone else she can talk to she's she can't yell because there's vacuuming happening so she calls Aiden and he comes to her rescue and she jumps into his arms like wraps her legs around him and he carries her into the elevator like because she's so freaked out yes you know like a little spider monkey it's, it's very it's like that twilight scene <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, in the 2010s, it was, it was that was fine. I liked it. <laughs> okay, there is a TikTok account called 
I don't want to start my TikTok because it'll make noise. I think it's Twilight Talk, and she does this really in-depth analysis of specific moments in the Twilight books and in the movies. And she is very much in on the joke. Like she earnestly Mm -hmm. loved these books, but also is like, this is absolute, like, this is a disaster. (laughs) I mean, those books are utterly bonkers. And I, like my, okay, so I have a very like ecumenical philosophy on romance. Like I love almost, I can find something to love about almost every romance Mm -hmm. novel that I read. And I, it's partially because I'm choosing what I'm reading, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, Twilight and 50 Shades, like really for me, invited me back into the romance genre in a way that I like had sort of, you know, I'm going to read like serious books that guys I'm dating are going to be impressed by for a while. Mm-hmm. But then oh, like, I read so much Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> Like the unbearable lightness of being, like that was my favorite book for a while. Oh, I was like, oh, I can read stuff that just like gets my nethers excited. (laughs) 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 And like for me, I was like, I I wouldn't I wouldn't do the same things that Anastasia Steele did because I'm you know an adult. But yes. But I don't know, like some guy had a red room, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely, I get on some level why Fifty Shades was a thing that brought people in. To yes, romance. And of like, course. Welcome. If you are into the Twilight series and you're reading it and you get to the point where it's like, finally, finally, they're going to have sex. And then you turn the page and it's like, the next morning, the sun rose. I'm like, where, where did we I want to hear about the like breaking the house sex that supposedly (laughs) Rosalie and Emmett were having. Like, I want that. Uh Yeah, I'm sure there's a fic for that. But I mean, I had like, I had read like, I had read like Harlequins from the time I was like 10 to the time I was like, you know, all through law school. And then I took a little break, but then, then like, it was like, it was like Twilight and Fifty Shades, but then it was like other authors who had been doing it for a while, but were doing like, you know, adults I could read. And mm-hmm. it was like Lauren Dane, who's amazing. If you haven't read her, you have to read her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, JC Burton. And so they were writing like super duper sexy stuff that I was like, absolutely, I'm 100% in. Mm-hmm. Then I think it was like a couple of years later, someone was like, they're Tessa Bailey. She wrote these books um, for Entangled. And, you know, they're cop heroes. So it's hard. If you can set that aside, you have to be able to set that, that aside. That's personally a difficult thing for me. Right. It's yeah. like, it's, you know, but. If you can set it aside. Mm-hmm. I set it aside for practical magic when yeah. we recap that. So yeah, it's, 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 it's worth it. And then, I mean, just everything she writes gets better and better and better. And so, I mean, her like, so that was, she's like one of my big sort of like influences. And she also, you know, full disclosure is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, like her and like Katie Robert, like came up together I adore Katie Robert. I mean, another friend of mine, but like her, her books are just like, and they started. Can can we be invited to this brunch? (laughs) (laughs) 
like as long as you promise not to be horrified when like Katie pulls like a set of Barbies out and we're trying to figure out sex scenes. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> what would happen. That would be um, one of the best moments of my life. That sounds, that's actually a really good idea. I should. That's genius. Yeah. I mean, it it, like, it would be like the, like the filthiest brunch. There would have to be a private room. Uh, (laughs) Like it. So on the filthy subject, this is when we first get a little bit of hint of the fact that Aiden is a dirty, dirty boy. Because while she is spider monkeyed around him in the elevator, he says, don't let the bow tie fool you, Stella. I'm not always nice. When the situation calls for it, I can be downright rough. And then undergarments are incinerated. <laughs> Absolutely incinerated off the body. And um, I don't know. I like, I open a Tessa Bailey book and all of a sudden I'm filled with like happy, horny chemicals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's definitely a good way to describe it. It's like you get to like the, the the part of the book where he's just an absolute filth monster and they're all absolute filth monsters mm-hmm. and you're filled with happy horny chemicals. <laughs> I like how Stella describes him as and the way that he treats her is she never knows what he's going to say. He's always surprising, but not in the like, you know, how is this man going to try to gaslight me or fuck me up? It's always like, he always finds a way to nudge her towards center instead of off center. He makes her feel so grounded. And uh, Tessa Bailey did a really good job of making it believable that the same guy who wore the bow tie and started every day by being like, it's going to be a great day is also the filth monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I didn't know how she was going to do it. And then I was like, I know she's going to do it because she never doesn't stick the landing for me. Like, I can't think of a single book for her, of hers that doesn't stick the landing. And I was, and I was like, oh, I knew this bitch was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's actually, it's honestly enraging. <laughs> so the main conflict, aside from it being a boss and employee, by the way, boss romances, I've been, I've gone on record saying that to me, that's very taboo. And that it's hard for me to get on board with it. But I was very much on board because he is so like ethical and aware of the power imbalance from the beginning. Mm-hmm. For Stella, she broke so many rules before, even before she went to prison. Like she just mm-hmm. like did shit just to rebel, just to kill time and to appease her friend, Nicole. And she doesn't want to break rules now because the second chance is it was very unlikely and she got it and she doesn't want to screw it up mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to abuse the power between them and he doesn't want to feel like oh is she only in a relationship with me because she's grateful because i gave her a second chance mm-hmm. doesn't have any reservations about her criminal record she told him the particulars she left out some details that might actually mitigate her involvement like the fact that she stayed with the guy who had accidentally gotten shot and called 911 But when Aiden thinks about her crime, he just thinks of her lonely and cold in prison and how sad that is and how he hates that for her. And he's just, and he gets like immediate indigestion and like acid reflux. (laughs) He's like, it's to me, it does not matter what this woman did. I feel awful that anything terrible could befall her like that. So they have a few encounters where the sexual tension is just 
seismic. Through the roof. Just mm-hmm. through the roof. Where they're like not touching each other, but it's oh. like hotter than most sex scenes. I mean, she is she is the mistress of of like sexy times and contemporary romance. Like she it, just really it's like talking about Christopher Maloney on <laughs> earlier it's like stabler benson levels of sexual mm. tension mm. so i've never wanted two old people to fuck more oh my gosh <laughs> they haven't yet right no no okay. but like i i like if it's coming it's coming soon and like i want it i need it to be coming soon like i've literally never been too so invested in two people over 60 getting it on I've never been so happy to hear that a fictional character's wife was brutally murdered. (laughs) (laughs) To just pave the way. It's time. This is what we trained for. (laughs) So in one of the encounters, he is drunk after hours because he had a board meeting with his awful grandmother and his awful father. Just like the... They're like Sasha's parents, kind of. Yes. Sasha's family. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and they're fan cast in my head as the, the grandmother and Sasha's mother are fan cast in my head as the same person. Ooh, very I'm cool. very excited to hear that one. Uh, so, yeah, he's just like drinking his sorrows away on the floor in the cookware in department. cookware section? <laughs> like by the liquid I mean, I feel like it's comforting, all that like cast iron. Yeah. It feels very like a there. fortress. It's probably next to the barware. So that's the mm. place to get the glass. <laughs> Just and, swing through barware. Yeah. And Stella's working late as usual. And she comes by and is like, hey, are you doing okay over there? And they have this lovely chat about life. And it it's very clear that they want each other. And they reveal that to each other. But they're at this impasse because he wants them to sign this HR contract, this love contract disclosing their relationship and she doesn't want to because it's also new and it's scary and she doesn't think she's good enough for him and she doesn't want him to feel like he's stuck with her and they even get physical one day in a scene that um is just burned in my brain at the bar and then it's like okay town car now i'm taking you to my house and i am fucking you senseless but then they don't because he feels like he wants this to treat her like the goddess that she is. And he doesn't want to make her his dirty little secret. So he's mm-hmm. like, I can't do this. And then the part of the book that filled me with rage and like, I knew it was coming. I knew that there was yeah. going to be some shit like I mean, this that can happened. Can we just stop to appreciate her, her depiction of fingering? I mean, I feel like there's not <laughs> enough good fingering in her the smoothness with which he accomplishes this when there's tights involved amazing and it's in public and he is taller than she is it's like that man always you know he has his fingernails meticulously (laughs) clipped and clean and moisturized hands yeah (laughs) there's there's no there's no ashy hands involved he is ready he's ready and like honestly this is like I'm like, any man I seriously date needs to read Tessa Bailey. I'm just saying. <laughs> it should be required, required reading, reading. everyone. Yes. yes. It's on the syllabus. It's on the syllabus. <laughs> Horrible moment. You knew that it was coming. You knew that Stella was going to get accused of some kind of bullshit. When he got her that necklace, 
I was convinced that someone was going to accuse her of stealing the yes, necklace. Same. It made me so nervous. Yes. 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 I was like, no, don't wear that to work. Just I'm like take it out of inventory so they know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I worked in retail and I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get nervous wearing something to Target that I know is on sale in Target. And it's like, I got to wear something because all my clothes are from there and I can't go to Target naked. So. <laughs> So there's a pair of diamond earrings that is missing from the inventory. Yeah. And they immediately say, well, Stella's the only one who works here who has a criminal record. So right. we're going to haul her into that back room. And then Stella's coworker, Jordan, who's the floor manager, goes and gets Aiden and tells him what happened. And he just like books it over there. He's like, there's no way that she did this. He sees that the HR person is giddy yeah this whole situation and is like okay so as of new year's eve you're fired because clearly you should not be working in hr if this is how you feel about an employee getting in trouble i -hmm. love how he's not gonna fire her like right before christmas Mm -hmm. even though he hates her like he's just not that kind of guy yeah you know he's gonna give her a generous severance yes <laughs> even though she's a terrible person she's gonna get a generous severance and I'm like this is why I love this this man like mm-hmm. if like I'm like now when I'm dating I'm gonna be like is he is he Aiden Cook <laughs> I don't know that does this man exist I don't think so I think I shall remain single which is fine <laughs> I'm going to have to tell Tessa, I'm going to be like, it's your fault. (laughs) This is on you. Yeah. Yes. And it's, (laughs) you know, people often level the claim that romance novels are unrealistic. And I often, you know, level the claim black. It's, it's, if you think they're unrealistic, it's because you think that um, people don't love to be, don't deserve to be loved as a whole person. Mm -hmm. Um, It's because you don't think you're up to the job of loving another person that you think it's, unrealistic that you know ordinary especially ordinary women um Mm -hmm. and you know other marginalized people can find love that you know sees them and 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 holds all of them and so but Aiden Cook proves that some romance novels might be unrealistic yeah (laughs) to me romance is like if this is unrealistic to you, then let's question why this seems so hard. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. rise to the occasion of this is how you should love a person. But yeah, this right. is, a- Aiden is, the bar is in a different galaxy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, him. like I'm more, I'm more likely to find like a blue alien with a spur on his cock than <sighs> Aiden Cook. <laughs> yeah, probably. And that's, that's so sad. This Like, <laughs> I, I put on Instagram, like, he is now the love of my life. So she he shuts down the whole sales floor. He tells Jordan, Jordan, go and tell everyone to shut down the cash registers and bring them here. And then Jordan takes her shoes off and she runs and he's like, oh, she's getting a raise. <laughs> because she takes off her shoes to run and get everyone to clear this up. And he just very calmly is like, listen, there's some earrings missing. No one is in trouble. I just, if, if it's possible that someone walked off with them without paying and they didn't mean to just let me know. And then a sales girl comes up and she's like, 
I think I know what you're talking about. I set aside a pair for a man who's going to come back for them later because he couldn't decide, please don't fire me. So the earrings weren't missing. They were just stashed away somewhere. Mm -hmm. And as soon as all of that is cleared up and Stella is free to go, she's like, she asks about the love contract and she's like, where's my pen? Bitch, I'm sagging. <laughs> like, we are doing this right now. And they sign the paperwork and they just, it, it, right away, it's like, hold all my calls, cancel all my meetings. We are raw dogging it in my office right now. And for my own peace of mind, my headcanon is that Stella has an IUD and Aiden clearly gets regularly tested for STDs and is is good to go mm-hmm. yeah like it's like I I um have I've stopped like worrying about uh, about condoms as much in romance because like the IUDs have become more off common mm-hmm. but I've also been just reading a lot of mafia romances and they don't really care <laughs> interesting I think that for me the condoms and romance have become so prevalent that if I don't notice one I'm suddenly like this is so Mm. surprising like and I'll I'll reread the scene to make sure I didn't miss it or like it it's at least addressed later like oh um is this like in hot under his collar yeah where it's like she Sasha says I have an IUD mm-hmm. you're you a priest <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good I'm good if you're good, good. yeah I mean that was the first time I've been able to do that where I've been able to be like well to do a condom the first time mm-hmm. um because even like not that kind of guy i was like well they're gonna have to use condoms because of what you know her history is mm-hmm. she's gonna be like we're gonna use birth control wrap that up yeah yeah we're to wrap that up but like you know but i but i still wanted to you know write the scene like on the entrance of the suite in vegas they're just like banging so mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so my um tiny freak out aside so their relationship it moves right along they're hanging out in his glorious like fancy person apartment in new york that's decorated like out of Mad Men. but then it hits a tiny rough patch because nicole her friend who did the robbery with her gets out of prison and nicole has boundary issues and she projects all these insecurities on estella Mm -hmm. and immediately puts stella on her heels and tries to make her feel bad for any advantage she has. And Stella, for the first time in their entire friendship, sets some boundaries and she tells her like, I love you, you're my friend, but like, I have my life and I'm proud of my life and I'm going to help you get your life going, but we need to have some ground rules on how this is going to work. You're going to respect me and I'm going to respect you. And she goes with it and then she books it to the holiday party for the department store and Aiden has always said that what he wants he wants a matching robes kind of relationship like that is his future that he envisions and instead of wearing the beautiful green dress that she had tried on earlier that he loves she shows up wearing a Christmas bathrobe and brings one for Aiden and tells him that she I'm matching robes love you and then (laughs) And then in the epilogue, they're engaged a year later and they go to visit Stella's estranged parents. And Stella sees that there are framed photos of all her windows 
and they're yeah. frames that are sold at Vivant. And she realizes that Aiden has been sending pictures of her windows for this past year to her parents. And it's just, and they put it on their entryway table because they're proud. <laughs> yeah, they're so proud. And just like instantly. And I love how Stella, when he breaks attention, when they open the door, Stella's like, yes, he is always like this. Isn't it wonderful? Oh. <laughs> and that's the end and they're happy forever and oh god <sighs> okay wow okay so let's start with <laughs> i think we've already talked so much about what we loved but yeah. what did you both love i mean i just love how tessa brings you like like her books like bring you through the entire spectrum of human emotion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even though this I would categorize it as like a spicy rom-com because it has like a very rom-com vibe I can very easily see it being a movie on Netflix mm-hmm. for sure um it just like it brings you through all of the emotions I, like I you know opened it and I was like I don't know how she's going to create you know horny horny chemicals with Ted Lasso and it was like you know five, 10% in it. And I was like, I totally understand how she's going to create Ted <laughs> Lasso. Um, and then, you know, you get the poignant parts where like Stella's learning to have boundaries and mm-hmm. yeah. So I love it. It just like brings you through the whole thing. Um, and sometimes as, you know, as I've, you know, written more books, it's hard for me to take out, take myself away from the, how did this re- author do this? sort of mindset like trying Mm -hmm. to dissect it yeah and you know there's the few authors that I can always count on for me to just be able to get lost in a book Mm -hmm. and and Tessa's one of them so I I loved it Meg what did you love I liked the the depth that we got with Stella and how it was like we saw more of her growth and development than just within the context of the relationship and like how she was repeatedly thinking about her relationship with her parents throughout and how to approach that. And I just liked that there were so many facets to her and I kind of want to, this is not like, I'm talking about something tender, but I kind of want to segue this into my bookmark <laughs> scene, which is like sure. not, not super tender, but like kind of tender. Um, when they are, when she's about to unveil her first window and everyone's gonna like gather outside and, and look but then they like get in the town the back of the town car and they're like like breathing each other's air like clutching each other's clothing and like not even kissing but they're like whoa 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 and the windows are fogging up and then you know just how she found her community there in the sense that like all of Jordan and the other like salespeople and other managers are just like so proud and happy because they saw how hard she was working and she is so lovable and just to like her to have that support finally was just like very touching after like a very steamy moment (laughs) so I sprinkled throughout the recap what I love. So, um, Andy, do you have any scenes that you bookmarked or that you think are the most rereadable? Uh, like, I think that car scene, mm. that car scene or the scene on the roof of the bar with, mm-hmm. with the finger. And the, I love it because, like, he made... It makes him suffer. Like, I love that scene where the hero is suffering because he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, and like, I do, 
it's like an id thing for me. Mm. It's not necessarily like, you know, in line with my values, but I do love a jealous, a little bit of jealousy. I love mm-hmm. it a little bit. I love it. And it's like nice. Fact, it's a nice it's, spice to add in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice little spice. And like, you know, it's like, I, I kind of like to know that if I'm like talking to like a guy that like my guy is like a little bit like, hey, I see you. Yeah. So, and because- and he handles it in an adorable way. He comes yeah, up to this guy like, and is like, here. Your mom's here. <laughs> get out of here. Your mom's there. Like, Even afterwards, so works. he's like, she goes, Aiden Cook, you better hope Santa isn't watching. <laughs> and he, with that hot gasoline burn easing a little in my chest, I look up at the sky. Santa, if you're listening, please bring Braxton some new jeans for Christmas. <laughs> like, just another like little dig there, but he manages to still be like his cute cornball self to do it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that scene would be the rereadable. And then it goes on to like, it's just like a deft move from like, I don't know what to do to like, I know exactly how to finger you. <laughs> how about you, Meg? Yeah, the the limo scene, I think, or the town car scene is my top one. But it's kind of funny because now that we're talking about the like deft fingering on the rooftop, <laughs> um, she later compares him to Don Draper from Mad Men. And there's like a particular scene in Mad Men that I don't know if you all have watched the show. Religiously. I have not. So um, she, he's having an affair with the this other comedian named Jimmy, his wife, Bobby. And so he's like kind of getting a little bit rough with her in a, the back of a restaurant at one point. And he just like basically <laughs> spears her like up her skirt and is like holding her hair at the same time. And it really kind of reminded me of that scene. So I was like, I mean, I love how she created in this. Like it was like, oh, so this has like, this book has an aesthetic that you can tell. Mm -hmm. And like telling me his apartment is like, if Don Draper had a soul, I was like, that's fucking clever. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's like a beautiful way to put a whole picture in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She even does that with the backstory of why he wears the bow ties. Mm -hmm. And you realize that the bow ties have a significance beyond some cheese ball kind of fashion sense mm-hmm. for me the scene that I love the most was when he rescued her after she was accused of theft um but honorable mention to him guiltily jerking off thinking about oh, her and thinking that it is inappropriate of him to be thinking of this and like jerking off thinking like I she's so pretty I want to I want to do nasty things. Her I want to pick, pick out China, China with her. <laughs> I mean, I love like a, I love like a hero jerking off. Mm-hmm. Like, a hero, like I love it. I love like a, like anytime you have like, it's, I mean, I love that. I love a guilty jerk off. Like a there's a guilty jerk off and hot under his collar. And I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. I like that very much. I mean, have some more, please. <laughs> like any, like a guilty jerk off. Just give you just one. <laughs> so my only grievance with this book, aside from my concern about the condom situation, is I wanted more Aunt Edna. So you know, Tessa Bailey, if you want to write the prequel, the Edna and Hank and the Rodeo Clown story, I would eat that up. How about you? The- the Hank could be like 
this the getting back with Hank could be a second chance romance mm-hmm. type thing, which I would love to see. I also want to see more about Jordan and Seamus because they were so cute. Yeah, I want to understand that more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not a grievance for me, but it's like, it seemed like Jordan really had her stuff together. And mm-hmm. I didn't know enough about Seamus to truly be like, oh yeah, I'm rooting for them. Because mm-hmm. I was like, he could, he could be read as a little bit like uh, really like why does like the like the bad bitch side character need to end up with the weird guy <laughs> who lives with his mom <laughs> who lives yeah. with his mom like maybe maybe let's give Seamus a little more going for him mm-hmm. other than being hopeless it gives me a little bit of Lisa Turtle screech vibes but you know it's not a, mm-hmm. like, I, like I understand like it's like the rom-com mm-hmm. you want to have like the humorous b-plot but mm-hmm. it's like I don't know maybe Seamus can come from generational wealth or something mm. <laughs> that's interesting I do like that Seamus um had the car towed yes I love <laughs> the that. grandma actually... and the dad's car towed during the there's nothing I could do yeah. sorry <laughs> it faded my grievance quite quite handily to have that happen so like I really like I know I usually just don't have a grievance with a romance like if I finish it I'm like oh I love the whole thing but you know I was like struggling to think of one for this purpose and I was like well I, I would like Seamus to have a little bit more I love how he always is like my queen do you require a beverage a coffee perhaps or a fancy cocktail <laughs> love it. that's the deference that I'm looking him, for like yeah, if you didn't spend so much money on my coffee, <laughs> you could afford your own house. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was like that. It was a, it was a good romance B plot. But mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was like, Jordan, just whip him into shape. Like, just really be like, listen. So my grievance is, I guess that wasn't really a grievance. It was more like an honorable sizzle of like who I want to mm-hmm. hear more about. Mm-hmm. So are are we in agreement on like the Aunt Edna? Or I have a different Jordan. honorable sizzle. Ooh. Ooh, okay um mine is leland yeah I'm aware. I'm aware. <gasps> yes habanero peach salsa so leland <laughs> is aiden's assistant and he is a little bit more cynical than aiden is but clearly respects him and mm-hmm. hates how his family treats him and after that whole he's holding a lighter during that whole situation of the theft accusation mm-hmm. because he is just like loving that Aiden is coming into his power and he's like I have a 60% controlling stake in this company that I rescued and we have had more traffic in this store than ever before because of Stella's windows and Leland is just like (laughs) vibing jamming out vibing and then later he's like in the office saying like oh I'm just gonna write some fan fiction about you boss (laughs) so to me he's like if Jonathan Van Ness went corporate was how I felt about him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had like a slightly different picture in my head, but mm-hmm. it's, it's on a similar track. On okay. A similar track. So who are your, uh, so Meg is yours and Edna. Yeah, it's gotta be. I'm going to say Jordan. Cause I want, cause like we just got a little bit of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I often identify with like the Judy Greer the Catherine Hahn. Ah, oh, yes. That's that's like who I identify with in rom-coms as opposed to like main and and I and I feel the same way. Like we have main character energy like 
you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, to me, I agree that I want to see like the side characters to me tend to be the more interesting ones and like mm-hmm. the aughts rom-coms that mm-hmm. we have. Yes. I mean, but the, I mean, I identified with Stella in a lot of ways. So this was, yeah, but I was like, I want to know more about Jordan because she's like mm-hmm. the bad bitch. She yeah. is very much a woman in her power. Okay, I'm excited for your fan cast. Meg, I so I know Meg's and it's a really good one. So Andy, okay. what have you got? Okay, so for my fan cast for Stella, and this is a little controversial because she does talk about her privilege, but I, I mm-hmm. in my head, it's Zoe Kravitz. That's who I had. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think you know you could say like a biracial woman from a like a middle class like Pennsylvania, like you could kind of still say you know mm-hmm. I have a lot of privileges. And, but I feel like her sort of energy that like kind of dark, like she has the, like she's hanging out with like, or she was hanging out with Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. She has the grumpy energy out of that. Grumpy yeah, energy. you're right. That's true. That's very true. And like, once I pictured her, I couldn't picture anyone else. And for like, Aiden was hard because I, like in my head, it was like, well, it's Ted Lasso, so it's Jason Sudeikis, but mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit too old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I was like, I was trying to think about like all those Riverdale boys and I was like, oh, they're too young and, and like, but they're all too like dark and bad boy. Mm-hmm. So it was like, could we get like a Timmy Chalamet in there? <laughs> he's not, but he's not like rough enough. Yeah. yeah. So I came up sort of blank and I was like, well, maybe if we got like a young, like a young Chris Pine. Time Machine Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Time Machine Chris Pine. Yeah. That's, that's my fan cast. And then I will show yes. my fan cast for Leland was Dan Levy. 100%. Oh, <gasps> yes. Perfection. Inspired. Yes. Dan Levy. Gotta be. I'm on board. That's so good. He He's definitely the exact energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Meg, we know about Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Zoe Kravitz, cause she, I don't know if you watched high fidelity, um, but she's very I good at having to having that like spiky cactus energy on the outside, but then like being like wounded and vulnerable and, and soft on the inside. And I think she would just blow Stella out of the water. And then he's not my favorite person, but I settled on him for Aiden is Ryan Reynolds because I think he can do the like sunshiny thing, but also fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see it. I see it. I see it. Very <laughs> much like his character in Free Guy. Free Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I see it. Cause like the way he plays off like Samuel L. Jackson and like the Hitman's bodyguard is kind of like, yeah, I see it. 100% like Time Machine Chris Pine or Ryan Reynolds <laughs> why don't you like Ryan Reynolds I don't know he's fine okay. I just feel like he's always doing the same character kind mm. of okay so it's not like a personal failing kind of like he's probably I mean he did a problematic wedding situation mm-hmm. and getting what- married on a plantation Oh shit! I did not yeah. know that. Well, he was married to Scarlett Johansson for a bit, mm-hmm. which we don't. She's Meg's love. nemesis. Yeah. I mean, can we? Okay, so I did once when I lived in Los Angeles see Ryan Reynolds at the gym. What? 
Was he fully clothed or? Fully clothed. I mean, by himself or with a trainer? He was by himself. He was doing leg day. Okay. I'm going to say about this is he's very tall and I did stay on the elliptical machine much, much longer than I originally. I bet. I would have done the opposite and I would have just run out and like, <laughs> my workout is done for today. Well, I went to kind of a celebrity gym, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like uncommon to see celebrities, but Ryan Reynolds was probably the most famous person that I saw. At the gym. Mm-hmm. But most of them were disappointingly petite and I'm <laughs> kind of tall. So I'm like, mm. um, but like, yeah, Tay Diggs, very petite. Really? Yeah. Jason Statham, very petite that one makes what? sense to me mm-hmm. i guess i've seen him with what's her name rose rosie huntington yes, yes 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 and she's a little taller okay so meg do you have any other fan cast no that's it okay. i blew my load on that <laughs> so i did have one more oh, oh yes yes so, please um i love june diane raphael and so her as like jordan was my oh that uh, would oh, be a good yes pick. yes mm-hmm. Very much. I like her. When I was reading this, at first, I could not get Paul Rudd out of my head for Aiden. But I had that thought. I fan cast him a lot in things. And he is 52, which is hard to believe, (laughs) but he is 52. No time machine necessary. Yes. So I was like, okay. Um, and then I got stuck on the bow tie and I thought Matt Smith. Okay. I know he looks good in a bow tie because of Doctor Who. Hmm. I know he can play goofy and he can also play menacing, which I feel like there's hmm. a menacing energy to his eroticism mm-hmm. in this book mm-hmm. that really works for me. And I feel like Matt Smith could maybe pull it off. And then for Stella, I have Kristen Ritter, who Ooh, absolutely cool. can play the wounded goth girl mm-hmm. with a heart of gold. 100%. And I'm definitely thinking about her character in Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and then I just have two side characters so for Nicole I have Jennifer Lawrence but specifically Jennifer Lawrence the way that she appears in the don't look up trailer with the red hair and the very very short poorly cut bangs okay <laughs> that look like a freshly out of prison haircut mm-hmm. and dye job so I have her and then for Aunt Edna I have Whoopi Goldberg because I felt like okay someone like Whoopi Goldberg would be necessary to keep a rich white boy from growing up to be a shitty white man Mm. yes yes Mm -hmm. and so the opposite is is who I picture in my head is like um Sasha's mom and um Aiden's grandmother Mm -hmm. Baranski oh yes love her ah like a rich bitchy Mm -hmm. older lady Mm -hmm. from the good wife and the good fight yes Mm -hmm. so her daughter is one of the aliens in roswell new mexico really yeah yeah the blonde girl alien i cannot for the life of me remember that actress's name and I'm shocked that I have forgotten it. But yeah, she she's her daughter. I love and her. I feel like they don't really look at all alike. So I've never seen Roswell. So I'm going to have to look this up later. 
it's I have to catch up on the most recent season, but okay. So do you have a recommendation, Andy, that you brought in? Here's the thing. (laughs) You've already given us so many. So (laughs) so you could be like, my work is done. Um, if you like I my recommendation is is that if you if this is your first Tessa Bailey experience, don't let it be your last. Don't let it be your last. Go back. Um, she like. I have some of her books that I have in my breaking class in case of an emergency and they've, mm-hmm. they've lasted me. So like, but she is a break in case of an emergency author for me. So if you're mm-hmm. into Tessa Bailey, get into it, mm-hmm. hit her entire oeuvre. Um, and don't like, and like literally like her books sitting in a tub with a glass of wine is, is going to be your best friend. And then you're going to have to hit up the Lilo.com because her books are that. So I think they're still having a sale right now. So there you go. There's, there's my three pronged recommendation. Okay. So we'll put a link so that you can see if the sale is going on. Um, their products though are very much worth the money. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yes. I, I mean, Laura DiCarlo also has like a high quality product. Um, so those, I mean, just, you know, just, yeah, yeah there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot to choose from in the high-end uh, self-care. Mm-hmm. It's worth investing in your pleasure. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of pleasurable activities, Meg has a recipe. Wow, what a segue. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my recipe is for hot chocolate because they have that a couple of times throughout. And I guess it's been probably eight-ish years ago now I was working at a bakery and they had the best recipe for hot chocolate and so I definitely like took a little picture on my phone (laughs) with me but um instead of making hot chocolate with cocoa it's more like you're making a drinkable chocolate ganache it's like very (laughs) decadent and amazing so you should use a high quality chocolate if you can but regardless, it's going to be better than using cocoa powder to use actual chocolate. So you're, you're combining that with, this is why it's so good. Some heavy cream, mm. it's delish to make your ganache. And then you combine that with milk, a little more sugar and a little pinch of salt, which is very important. And it's this like very creamy kind of like dense hot chocolate that I really love. And we'll put the recipe in the show notes. I'm so excited to make this. Thanks. It is like hot chocolate every day for me as soon as the weather gets a little bit chilly. And what's great. Oh, go ahead. Add a little bourbon to this. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. What's great is that you can put everything except for like the liquid ingredients into uh, like a food processor and like blitz it up. And I made little bags for people one year and like gave that out as holiday gifts. So you can make it in advance for when you desperately need some hot chocolate. My birthday is always so much better because of Meg because she makes something cool okay so to finish off with the tarot reading I still want to do three parts like we usually do but I have a different spread in mind so Andy you're the guest um left center or right pile left okay so the first card I thought could be the challenge that they have overcome and it's ace of pentacles which is a new financial endeavor or something new in the earthly realm of like your resources so her getting this new job and getting this new start is very much a thing that they have gone through 
Mm -hmm. uh, a challenge that lies ahead is five of pentacles reverse. So the five of pentacles upright is all about like feeling yeah. alone and feeling like it, it hints at financial problems and being on your own and being at rock bottom, but it's two people in the card. So they still have each other to lean on and there's like a church in the background. So it's about help being available if you look for it mm -hmm. and reverse. I think it speaks to the next challenge is Stella truly getting past this idea of having to do things herself and mm -hmm. not having resources and being able to like fully accept what she has in her life now. Mm -hmm. She's also going to experience a class change by marrying sure. this rich department store heir. And then something to look forward to. So I pulled the eight of pentacles, which is the card of like hard work and nose to the grindstone, but I pulled it reverse. So I think that they're going to be able to take some vacations and some couple time and go on a really nice honeymoon together and just not work so hard all the time. Mm -hmm. They do reference that in the book that he wants to take her like on safaris and go elope. So it makes sense. I yeah. So I think that that is what's ahead of them. And I always like when the cards say something nice for our couple <laughs> because they don't always No. <laughs> okay Andy this was an absolute pleasure thank you so much That's for coming so on. magical thank you where for can having me of course come back anytime um where can people find you and keep up with when your books are coming out um I'm at author Andy J on all platforms you know from the TikToks to the Instagrams. Um, I have a dirty holiday novella. It's called All They Want for Christmas. So if you're into like, it's very short, it's very filthy, MMF. Um, sword cross guarantee. Yeah, sword cross guarantee. It's a, <laughs> um, a, a similarly feral heroine to Stella, but she's feral for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and her ex and his, you know, best friend and sometimes lover get snowed in in Washington, D.C. Um, oh, I love snow force proximity. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, she's my most hated heroine ever, but like she's she's fully herself. Well, that's an endorsement for me. <laughs> um, and then my next book with Berkeley comes out in June. It's called Thank You Next. And it is, uh, you know, based on a true story of seeing my ex on say yes to the dresses with Beyonce. So um, we will be reading that one mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And we'll have Meg's recipe and all of our links in the show notes. So thank you for listening. Until next time, air kisses. Meg, you can do it. I know you want to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs>